Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Kubal. Today, I have me a very special guest, C.T. Phipps. C.T., how are you doing today? Hey, great to be here. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm glad that we could connect. I uh, know <laughs> I've had a crazy schedule, so I'm really happy anytime that, you know, I could meet with somebody. I like to get everybody in on that calendar. That way we can get you out as quick as possible, uh, particularly, you know, with your publishing dates and things like that. So thank you so much for being flexible. We'll start with that first question there. What has your writing journey been like up until this point? It's been a fantastic collection of ups and downs with some really surprising twists and turns. When I started writing, I never expected my super villainy saga books to be the ones that really took off. Mm. I wrote the first book, The Rules of Supervillainy, just to be a kind of funny idea that were percolating around in my head. I just need to get out on paper so I could get onto my quote unquote serious work. Mm. However, it's gone on to be my most wildly successful series by far. I mean, it's been regularly one of uh, Audible's bestsellers and has been part of many of their science fiction sales, you know, where they're selling $5 uh, with all the other big names. And I'm like, oh, my God, am I actually there? <laughs> I think it has something like 4,800 ratings right now. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, yes. Other books have done pretty well with my latest uh, release being the Space Academy Dropout series. It's uh, It and its sequel uh, just came out in two months, one right after the other. Wow. And Podium Audio has been getting some pretty good feedback to it. They're similar oh, wow. to this Super Villainy Saga, and they're both send up some homages to uh, the genre they parody. Uh, Super Villainy Saga is you know, obviously a parody of not just uh, the MCU and uh, DC <laughs> Comics, but the many decades of uh, comic book nerdery that I have uh, fallen in <laughs> love with over the years. And Space Academy is Halo, Mass Effect, and Star Trek and Star Wars all put in a blender hit prep hay. <laughs> well, that, that sounds awesome. I think if anybody needs anything other than that, then this is probably the, the wrong podcast for them. So <laughs> those are both really great descriptions. Um, oh, yeah. As Mel Brooks said, <laughs> the best parodies are those that are also good examples of the genre they're making fun of. I, I feel like that's very fair. That's very fair. Uh, so I just was uh, just curious, you know, I was looking at, you know, your Goodreads and things like that. So what genres are you currently writing in and how did you pick those? I dabble in multiple genres and have a lot of fun expanding my horizons beyond what is traditional branding. It's one of the benefits of being any author that I don't have to stick uh, to a single area and color in the lines. I started writing with the Supervillainy Saga, but I have my space opera series, which I just described with Space Academy. And there's also an urban fantasy series with humorous parodies called Straight Out of Fankton, which is about, uh, <laughs> which I call Blade Meets Clerks. And I oh, was a teenage awesome. were-deer, which is, which is just basically kind of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, except with a were-deer. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really, the common denominator in my writing is uh, that I always love doing snarky uh, send-ups of whatever genre I'm doing. I can't take every, anything seriously. <laughs> the biggest influence in my writing is Jim Butcher's Dresden Files, mm. the aforementioned Buffy, Christopher Moore's Comic Fantasy, and Kevin Smith. I think the only time I've ever done a non-comedic book was my Cthulhu Armageddon books. And the funny thing was my publisher said they were the snarkiest horror novels he'd ever read. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a post-apocalypse uh, series there. It's like Fallout meets, uh, meets the giant squid monster. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And why did I do... Uh, Space Academy, military science fiction. Well, I guess it's because uh, I just couldn't get the idea of, well, I've covered my one thing I love most in 
super villainy saga. Well, what if I cover the other thing I love most to see if people love that? It's not like, oh, that humor is absent from those wonderful series either. A friend of mine described uh, the Space Academy books as, what if you combine Mass Effect with the Silly Hawk option from Dragon Age 2? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, I, I feel like you definitely got the, you know, just from, you know, the blurbs, you know, descriptions, um, reviews, things like that. Um, definitely love your covers, by the way. I feel like they, they're almost, uh, you know, snarky in themselves. Uh, they definitely oh, yeah. bring out the, the humor side. Um, while still maintaining, you know, the, the genre itself, which I feel like is very, very, very hard to do. So uh, kudos there. I, I absolutely loved when I was looking, uh, uh, you know, at your website. I just, I couldn't get enough of, you know, Space Academy rejects. Um, I just think that that's a fabulous idea. So I, I think a lot of people really enjoy, you know, that, uh, that Harry Dresden like humor. So I think that's oh, yeah. a, an excellent idea. I I'm going to try and get three books out in the series uh, this year with the third coming oh, wow. out in August. So, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I, it's funny because, uh, you know, like I, I think I first found you on Facebook, but um, like there was a couple of advertisements that came across, um, you know, here and there. And then I think your like page was like sponsored or something like that. Uh, and I had quite a few people, you know, sharing your books and, you know, we we're talking about, you know, um, you know, Space Academy rejects in particular. So I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I was like, okay, I got to check this guy out. So yeah, yeah, it's really, really, really cool. Um, I'm trying to think of what I just grabbed of yours the other day. I was trying to find it. Um, now I think I have too many on, on Kindle. Um, just a clarification though, uh, Dropouts is the first book while Rejects is the sequel. Oh, I'm sorry. I knew I was going to screw that up. <laughs> I was looking at all oh, well, of them actually you know, right now. <laughs> I, I'm glad you're advertising both there, but I just want to make sure it's like, yeah, you should check out this Empire Strikes Back thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair oh man yeah i couldn't i don't know why i'm not finding the one that i just downloaded um oh okay so let's see so the first one that i downloaded was daughter of the cyber dragons that just looked and sounded awesome uh i gotta oh, say yes. I'm, a, I'm a huge cover fan i i originally started in illustration uh illustrations uh, and that that absolutely was like caught my eye. It was super cool. <laughs> um, oh yes, uh, Daughter amazing. of the Cyber Dragons in uh, another one of uh, my uh, genre dabblings. It and its uh, side uh, books, uh, Agent G, are uh, my send up of the entirety of the cyberpunk and uh, sci fi thriller genres. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think someone described it as uh, the Agent G books are my attempt to do Deus Ex and. Uh, Daughter of the Cyber Dragons is just my female cyberpunk 2077 character. I'm like, no, that's not true. It's only partially true. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, well, yeah. it sounds awesome. I'm really excited to get to that one soon. Oh, yes. I love the cover for the Cyber Dragons. I think that's my favorite cover ever made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really awesome. It's definitely up there for me, um, especially, you know, in terms of like, you know, that genre. But um, so, so what is it exactly that, you know, you're, you know, that you like about combining or, you know, maybe swimming the waters of multiple genres is it just to have the freedom you know to to do just do what you want or you know is it well you know that's certainly some part of it anything? there but it's also because you know i believe that authors are kind of radios rather than uh creators that, of themselves there <laughs> they are transferring uh the story as much from their back of their minds to uh, the page rather than uh, automatically coming up with these themselves there. But once you get a good story going there, I feel like a more medium rather than uh, someone who is figuring this out all himself and plotting it out. 
And that doesn't make any sense there. I just am possessed by the story that comes in my head. And, uh, I can't really say uh, what, what it will be or where it will come from. <laughs> Stephen right. King's on writing is uh, the book I read most. And he describes something uh, similar to that where he says, um, you know, I have an idea in my head there. I develop it and I put it on paper there. And very often I have no idea what it will be when it uh, comes to my head and how it will end up. I just throw whatever uh, I can uh, onto the page and uh, see if I can uh, sculpt it away into a proper story, which is probably explaining why so many of his books are so damn weird. <laughs> that's fair. No, that's, that's fair. also why he had to come up with like uh, three different pen names to uh, do different brandings because he's done everything from the Shawshank Redemption to, uh, well, you know, his traditional output. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's totally true. Well, my friend, you know, has said that too, like we were talking about, you know, like uh, the Dark Tower, and he's like, you know, really, the Dark Tower is a, you know, a conglomeration of Western horror, fantasy, and sci-fi. And I was like, wow, it, it like blew my mind when we discussed oh, yeah. it. I was like, yeah, hey, I guess I never really considered it, you know. And he's like, we talked about other things that you know I like, and I'm like, most of the things that I really, really enjoy, you know, are you know multiple genres. You know, I mm -hmm. think Star Wars is a, you know a great one between you know fantasy and sci-fi. Oh. I don't obviously, I don't think it's really hard sci-fi. Um, I think you make that argument, but yeah, I think it's really cool personally, because I personally like to do like, uh, like historical urban fantasy. I don't want to just do historical fiction. I teach history. I don't want to just, you know, do urban fantasy. I want to do, you know, a conglomeration. I really like Dirk Ashton's, you know, um, you know, uh, Paternus trilogy. Um, you know, I feel like that's a great, you know, conglomeration of urban fantasy and, you know, mythology and things like that. Oh, yeah. um, I, you know, I think fantasy. it's taking a risk every time you combine a genre and yep. color outside the lines, as I yeah. uh, mentioned before. But on the other hand, I think it's also the only real way you can make anything that truly stands out. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think that's the perfect way to put it personally. Uh, so speaking of your books, so where should people start with your books? Well, if you like superheroes, then I strongly recommend you pick up The Rules of Supervillainy, which is an eight book series now, actually. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, Gary Karkowski, a.k.a. Merciless, the supervillain without mercy, trademark, is an ordinary guy in an extraordinary world, and he has a very weird quirk. He wants to be a supervillain. <laughs> That's awesome. He wanted to be one since he was a kid. His brother was a supervillain in the 90s, and as an adult, he's ready to make that pivot now that he's gotten fired from his job as a bank teller. Uh, oh, and he found a magical cloak, which, you know, that's actually the more important part that belonged <laughs> to the Nightwalker, who is the erstwhile Batman meets Doctor Strange in the setting. And somehow oh, cool. it ended up in his hands. <laughs> and, you know, with great power comes great irresponsibility. <laughs> I like that. I hope to God that's one of your taglines, because that's amazing. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I sell that as much as possible. Oh, there. man. Uh, yeah, steal from the best. Uh, but yeah, um, Gary has one slight problem though. He's not quite evil enough to be, uh, a supervillain in Falcon Crest City, which is, uh, Gotham on a bad day, mm. plus a hell mouth. <laughs> That's saying a lot right there. <laughs> oh yes. So, you know, uh, he ends up doing a little more good than he's uh, probably expected. Even, and I think, uh, the opening chapter is, uh, him trying to rob a bank, thwarting another person, robbing the bank and then robbing it anyway. Oh, I like that. A little, little, little bit of Robin Hood action going on, but keeping it for himself, oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, if you're a big uh, science fiction fan like myself, then uh, probably the other uh, series I would recommend you start with me is the Space Academy series, uh, because that just has all all the send ups and craziness of the uh, super, super villainy side of there, but apply to sci fi tropes there, which is you, you recognize them. I recognize them. We've all seen the stuff we uh, know of uh, go boldly going forward because we're completely lost. 
Yeah. Uh, in this case, Vance <laughs> Turbo, which is not his real name, but it's a name he actually took because uh, his family is a legendary uh, collection of uh, badass space heroes that he wants to get away from. And apparently he didn't think that uh, naming himself John Smith versus something equally weird and <laughs> off-putting <laughs> would be better. Yeah. Well, he gets a kick out of Space Academy uh, quite deliberately and ends up dragooned uh, by the security services of the galactic community into going on a suicide mission. Yeah, um, it's a little Guardians of the Galaxy in terms of this point, but poor Vance, who thinks he's uh, the snarkiest, uh, sarcastic man in the universe, finds himself unwittingly playing the straight man to even weirder crew. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, there's uh, Galactic Bounty Hunters, uh, uh, the ship's female AI who unfortunately crushes on him hard, uh, his uh, big uh, giant reptile man friend, and, and all sorts of other wackiness. Uh, okay, first of all, that's an amazing name, Vance Turbo. <laughs> like, that's yes. just, like, like that's so, like, it, like, has its, like, Flash Gordon-like roots, but, you know, really oh, yes. takes the genre and, and uh, propels it forward. That is that yes. is awesome. <laughs> In the second book, uh, Vance has a movie made about his adventure, and uh, everyone just basically, when they say his name, just automatically adds Vance Turbo, hero of the universe. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yes, probably with a queen chord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. That really, to me, seems like, you know, you really found, you know, your niche, you know, which we talk a lot about a lot on here. You know, a lot of people, you know, really struggle. But, you know, I, I feel like you, you know, like I've had a couple of people on recently who have done similar things, you know, in um, maybe like Urban Pain or something, you know, something like that. Um, you know, I, I think once I think you, you guys really on here, just like consecutively, the last couple of uh, episodes have really just gone to you you, know, you already you know spoke to this a little bit today you know go to what you are comfortable writing and what your strengths are and you know clearly you know you have found your strengths so I think it's great that you know you're going with them and you know you're kind of like well it doesn't matter you know I'm you know I'm going to go for you know what I want to write here and it's going to be like this and I think if you know you're more true to yourself with your writing that way you know that obviously people are going to flock to it so I think that that's One thing a, I, a great I, I will recommend for my uh, writing so many different genres is, is I try not to create uh, books uh, that can't just be jumped onto either there. Mm. I mean, obviously you should read the first book in any series first, yeah. but you know, out of all the series I've written, which are like five or six or seven now, uh, you know, start at book one, you'll be able to just jump in there and you won't have a problem there. If you want to read Stranded Fankton first, go right ahead. That'll introduce you to the world. If you want to read the Where Deer book, uh, start with that. Uh, you know, I have a, a, a one shot that uh, people keep asking me to span called Psycho Killers in Love, which is a loving homage of uh, all 80 slasher films. Well, that's cool. Yeah. People love that cover, too, there, if you want to look that up there. Oh, I'm yeah, definitely that was, doing that right now. <laughs> yeah. Goth Buffy meets the Blair Witch. Oh, that is really cool. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. I, I just love your, I was a teenage uh, wear deer. Like that just sounds so cool. It's like, uh, we were oh, just yes. talking about that the other day. We were joking. We're like, my best friend and I were like, what could, what else could you be a, you know, what else could you do to, you know, put wear oh, in yeah. front of it? You I, know, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm going to have to tell him, you know, that you came up with that. Cause he's going to be like, dang it. Oh, that's yeah. a really I, good idea. That was one of those, uh, one of those titles is like, well, I have to use that title now that I thought of it. <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome no that's super super cool i really like the cover yeah. too that's that's of awesome course cover. i had to name her jane doe oh that's awesome <laughs> that's so cool 
Oh, yes, really it's like cool. thank you, mother and father, for naming me after anonymous female <laughs> murder victims. Yeah, that is that is really cool. It's, it, I feel like it really matches that you know type of genre, though. Uh, that's just that's perfect. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, sorry. I, sorry, people online. I'm I'm getting uh getting lost in uh, his uh, many 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 great book covers and looking at things. Um, but I, I really like to, to know those things, though, because, you know, when I, I I usually like, you know, I'm looking through, you know, your guys's, uh, you know, Goodreads and things like that, uh, and, you know, and obviously Amazon. So I always like to get a few things here and there, like right off the bat uh, before interviewing people. And then I always interview people and then I like to read their books. Um, it just I always get a lot more out of it personally as a reader and as a writer. Uh, so it's always nice to know where to go. You know, I had somebody on the other day, they're like, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't start with that book. But it seemed really interesting to me. So I said, okay, they're like, you should start here first. So it's, I feel like it's always good for me and the audience to know. So, uh, so who, uh, for the fourth one there, who is the greatest villain you have written about so far and why? Well, I have to say my favorite villain for the super villainy saga is President Omega. He's okay. basically Gary's uh, arch nemesis. And he is a time-traveling baddie from the future who left his utopian uh, uh, home to generally mess up the past in, in the most obnoxious, nasty way possible. He ended up being elected president of the United States. Oh, wow. Probably cheated, yes. <laughs> He's basically a combination of Handsome Jack, Kang the Conqueror, and John Sims Master from the 10th Doctor series. Oh, wow. That's a, that's oh, a great yeah. description right there. <laughs> well, you know, amusingly, because the book came out in a particularly contentious time in American politics, people assumed he was a parody of someone. I'm not oh. going to say who. Maybe there was a joke thrown that way there, but not nearly as direct as I got some one-star reviews claiming that I was being too political now. <laughs> <laughs> No more needs to be said on that, I think. It's so funny when people say that. Like the other day, I had a, a friend have a very similar review and he's like, said it to me. He was like, Dan, he's like, he's like, this is like a fake world, like fake fantasy world. He goes, I just happened to, you know, to use some political structures and things that were similar. And I was like, I know, oh, yeah. buddy, I know. Um, yeah, that happened also with the Space Academy books there that uh, at one point uh, I was doing a little parody of Firefly kind of characters where, mm. uh, advances uh, pulls over so to speak some space pirates who are uh, neo-confederates uh you know uh gun-toting uh flag-waving southerners and they you know it's like you can't take away our guns oh it's our second amendment rights it's like and vance goes i'm sorry that doesn't apply in space <laughs> which i thought was a very clever thing there and all my uh, and i'm a southerner myself and uh, no way too many people like this. Uh, but apparently, yeah, I got two one-star reviews for that because clearly I was making a statement uh, about the real world that uh, could not be tolerated. <laughs> it's funny when people can't just like, you know, let writers be writers. It's kind of like comedians too, you well, know, yeah, like. <laughs> I understand there are plenty of writers do put messages and have meaningful content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, but I'm not so sure about me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but or That's maybe awesome. I am, you know, just, you'd be the judge there, but uh, you know, grow a sense of humor, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least well, about guns in space, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> uh, uh, and then space, space Academy dropouts there. Uh, I have so many villains there, but I'd oddly say that uh, there's no particular true villain because the real hmm. enemy is Vance wants to be a kind of heroic, uh, paragon Star Trek kind of guy there, hmm. uh, even though he is a snarky bastard. <laughs> and, you know, it's just the reality is just too grounded and cynical to try to let him get away with it. So, you know, he'll make the big speech and everyone's like, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> That's awesome. 
So would you say that like his enemy is more like the establishment or uh, like his own um, his own goals or perceptions? I think on some level, uh, Vance discovers uh, as he go- gets put out into the real world that he's a lot more idealistic than he ever thought he was. And mm. just trying to put those ideals into practice is a lot harder than it seems, though he sometimes pulls it off more than he ever expected to. Wow, that's a, that's a great answer right there. I like that. <laughs> so who is the most complicated main character you have written so far? I would have to say that both Vance and uh, Gary are both very complicated characters there because Gary's whole thing is uh, that he wants to be uh, the quote-unquote bad guy because he's sick of getting knocked around by life uh, and just figures, okay, well, I've tried to be the good uh, guy and that's not worked out for me. So now that I have superpowers, I'm just going to get myself rich and happy. And, you know, then he gets pulled back by, you know, what conscience he does have because he's not quite willing to go completely bad. Though I do think uh, it was kind of funny that uh, he does end up uh, with a probably substantial body count by the end of the, of the uh, first book. But you know, uh-huh. they're all bad. And as Arnold Schwarzenegger said, true lies. <laughs> that means it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great reference there. I love that movie. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. And in Vance's case there, uh, he uh, wants to be uh, the quote unquote good guy in the Paragon. But, you know, he is uh, cynical enough and uh, observant enough and that, you know, it doesn't quite ever work that way. So, you know, I I think of them as uh, my wizard Spider-Man and and uh, I would say neutral shepherd. <laughs> Oh, that's really cool. I, I, I feel like you have a lot Maybe there. Maybe the Paragon Shepherd with some Renegade points. <laughs> that's awesome. I just I feel like you have a lot there with that character in particular. So I just wanted to touch on that real quick. Like, you know, I, I thought it was Stephen King, you know, that talked about, you know, the, the character having layers, you know, like an onion. So you got a lot there, you know, like I like how you said that he's got. So it sounds to me like he's kind of got um James McAvoy wanted syndrome, right? Like at the start where. You know, he's been pushed around so much and now that he's gained a little bit of power, you know, he wants to, you know, take that and, you know, have more control over his life, so to speak. Um, but I, yeah, I just like that. I feel like you have a lot of different things there that make him a, a much more complicated character than just somebody than just like, you know, what's his name? Didn't like group from Despicable Me. Um, who I think is a oh, good yeah. character, but it feels to me like you got a lot going on there. So how exactly did you come up with Gary as a character? Did you maybe have some of your own experiences in there and you know, you tried to write about? Um, but how did you well, come up with such a complicated character? I was originally going to be writing like a much more serious urban fantasy series there. Mm. It was actually my Red Room series that started with something called Esotericism, which you can look that up there. It has a much more serious uh, brooding looking cover there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to probably write only this series, like 16 books, like the Dresden Files there. Mm. And, you know, it has its uh, definite benefits there because it was spies versus supernatural. And the entire time I was writing that book there, I was like, you know, it would be real. I kept coming up with these superhero jokes and, uh, <laughs> and puns and, uh, and, you know, and just, you know, and thinking about uh, all, all of the wonderfully weird stuff uh, that had happened in comics uh, during the times I used to read through them. Because I started reading Spider-Man when I was like seven. So I started reading when Spider-Man, classic Spider-Man, where, you know, he was still married because my Spider-Man has always been married. And right up until the 90s when they did, uh, they derailed Spider-Man for uh, decades with uh, the Clone Saga and one more day and if you don't know what those things are good mm, yeah <laughs> <It's fair. laughs> yeah and and i was just like 
And, you know, that just put me in a superhero-y mood there. And it, this was before the MCU. Iron Man had just come out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, well, what if I, you know, did a full-on humorous parody of combining my love of things like all things superheroes, like Batman the Animated Series meets, you know, all the things I loved about Spider-Man. Because, mm. uh, And thought about, well, if a guy actually got incredible powers that was an ordinary nerdy schlub like me, probably he would be terrible. <laughs> but you know n- not full joker evil either so and you know from there the idea just went off with it and i had the idea that uh you know he gary is this ordinary guy living in gotham city he's a uh, married well oh sorry falcon crest city yeah with his uh with his wife and you know having you know past the age of uh of being a, a teen superhero by some margin <laughs> And, you know, he gets the powers and decides to, you know, try and make him, uh, try and get the whole, we'll show them all. And, you know, it just does, it just, just went from there because it turns out he's quite good at it because he's playing the, he's just liberally stealing from the Godfather and other, uh, (laughs) movies and supervillains for whatever reason, don't pick up on that. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, there was a, there was a online series by Josh Whedon called, uh, Doctor Horrible, which starred oh, uh, yeah. Patrick Harris and Nathan oh, Fillon excellent. and Felicia Day. Yeah, yeah, that was excellent. I, I had I wrote my book before I watched it there, but it's like, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of what I was going for. Oh, that's super cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, you probably heard this something in the background. I was like, oh wow, they're mowing the lawn right outside my door, and uh... <laughs> that's okay as long as I'm not sounding like a train station right now. My I'm at my mother-in-law's, so the the AC sounds like you know. It sounds like I'm on Everest right now, so I'm hoping that my headphones uh, block it out. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, sorry, you said a lot there that I was just like, oh, that's really cool. So I'm trying to save things for later. Um, I didn't bring my notebook. I usually write things down, so I'm trying to get notes uh, while you're talking here. Uh, so let me get back here. Uh, so which book had the hardest storyline to finish and why? My biggest issue is the fact that uh, there is a definite downside to uh, – Go writing down immediately whatever book uh, idea you come up with because uh last year in particular i had the realization is like i started like again five or seven series and i'm like i should probably finish these all up before i start something new <laughs> yeah i've uh, got uh, three or four series that are unfinished and uh you know some of them are successful and uh, some of them are not as successful there so i was like well i should wrap this up with a trilogy <laughs> <laughs> that's fair <laughs> Oh yeah, I Present, think uh, uh, pre- you know I love I love writing all of my books. I can't think of anyone that I haven't uh, finished finished there, but some are harder than others. I think the most difficult to uh, finish would probably be uh, both uh, the more serious ones like Cthulhu Armageddon, which I haven't done the uh, third book in because you know uh, the second book had Cthulhu stomping around. I'm like, how do you top that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. And, and like half the cast was killed. Like that, that'll be difficult to go from. <laughs> oh, spoiler. It's a Cthulhu book. What did you expect? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, like um, that was actually one of the other ones that I, cause I'm just, I'm, I'm a huge. So speaking of which it's a perfect segue into this because that was probably the one that in particular I had seen first for you where I was like, Oh my God, a post apocalyptic Western with Cthulhu it sounds absolutely amazing. And oh, it's I just love that. Insane there. Uh, I had some rough <laughs> spots there, but I wrote that. I think I rewrote that book like six times until I got it perfect because it's just like, 
this needs uh, to uh, deal with a lot of things there. And yes, it in fact inspired a little bit by the Dark Tower. Because, oh, you know, cool. what else would you uh, draw from if you're writing something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how, yeah. how did you come up with that, that idea exactly? Like, I, I don't think I would think to put a Western with Cthulhu. So what exactly was that process like? Were you just well, like writing one day? Yeah, like uh, I, I've read I read a lot of, you know, horror novels and so on there. But the mm. whole thing about uh, the Cthulhu mythos is the fact, you know, uh, humankind is supposed to be insignificant and helpless against the, before the monsters and that was why call of cthulhu was such a successful role-playing game because the idea of like well you're not expected to win yeah yeah you're expect your best thing is to lose uh, gracefully hmm. or at least you know win enough until you die yeah 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 well the still in that case there you know i've always uh, hmm. whenever i see cthulhu adapted to the screen or inspired by Cthulhu things there that they have the ancient uh, magical book that summons the God and so on there. And then the heroes take care of it pretty easily. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, what if we start with the premise that, uh, okay, Cthulhu has won. Yeah. Uh, world's ended. Humankind is uh, living in uh, scattered uh, villages and caves and, uh, and little pocket civilization like fallout, because I do love that. I did love that series right up until, uh, 76 <laughs> yeah uh had my issues with uh four but i'm not forget of that uh <laughs> and you know uh you have the mo- the giant monsters that are and the creatures and you know and mankind is dying out it's a terrible situation and i'm like okay that's already a good premise and you know mad max beats cthulhu but then i realized it's like well now that i'm writing it uh it would it seems like uh, it would be pretty easy to combine this with a western because you know frontier uh little justice no law you know, people would be reverting to that kind of a mindset from ours. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally. Well, I just love the, uh, first of all, I love the color, the cover. Um, the title was awesome. I really loved, um, you know, the description. Um, I think I got to maybe, yeah, so you have your first little, really short paragraph here, which sounded awesome. I got to John Henry Booth is a ranger of one of the largest, and I bought it. <laughs> I didn't even read the rest of the description after that. I was like, da 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 da. Yep, and I just went right to Kindle and, and grabbed it. So it's I'm really excited about I'm, that I'm one. I'm sure it's my second most successful series there because it and uh, it and the super villainy saga are uh, things that definitely have their uh, finger on the uh, pulse of uh, what people going. But I think also do show. They're original enough ideas that uh, you're you don't find nearly as much competition for them. Yeah, no, I mean, um, you know, like Clayton Snyder, I got done with Clayton's um, Cold West book, and it's the same thing. It's very similar in terms of mixing, you know, different genres. He's got the western uh, western story set in a um, fantasy and science fiction world with magic, and it was just like it was so awesome. I got done with it in like two sittings um it wasn't that long of a book but like, I mean I flew through it and I was like man I really want like I, I've read westerns in the past you know Lewis the Moore things like that uh which I you know I enjoyed but I want I want that <laughs> so it's hard to find that so as soon as I uh had a friend send you know um Cthulhu Armageddon to me I was like yep that's exactly what I want and I want more of it so <laughs> I'm glad that you know you have multiple books there so yeah that's yeah, that's really I, awesome got, i only got i've only gotten two out there but i've also done some uh novellas uh, that are set in uh things like uh tales of uh Yad-Zathoth and uh tales of the alazif which you oh, know cool. continue the kind of story there but you know you, you can't just do one book after the other uh with uh, cthulhu uh protagonists because 
because then you'll potentially lose your audience there. Uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. bite is something you have to preserve. No, no, no. I, I, I that's uh, totally, totally true. Yeah, the but. sequel I think I, uh, I to Cthulhu Armageddon is called uh, The Tower of Zal, and that's basically the Magnificent Seven versus Cthulhu. Oh my God! You just said like two things I absolutely love there. I love, love, love the Magnificent Seven. Oh um, yes, and like the Magnificent <laughs> Seven, there, there's a reason that you know not everyone is going to be making it to the end of this. Uh, <laughs> that's fair no that's fair well like that's what people like they got got upset with the new magnificent seven with like denzel and them and i was like have you never seen the seven samurai i was like what are you talking about yeah it's like um yeah it's like (laughs) seven guys versus 40 and you know um half of them are going to die and that's good and that's if they win yeah 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 yeah. no that that's that's considered you know successful i just think Um, it's crazy but i'm gonna definitely have to uh go once we're done here go by the tower of zal right away because yeah, like anytime someone says, yeah, Magnificent Seven, I'm like, yep, that was like uh, Cameron Johnson, you know, with the Maleficent Seven, um, absolutely amazing. So uh, anytime someone says that, I'm like sold, like I don't even care what your other thing is. I'm like, I'll oh, read yeah. it, I'll read it, review it, love it. Uh, yeah, that's, I grew up with the Magnificent Seven. Um, my grandfather, my dad and I used to, you know, we watched the old one, we watched the original movie, watched Seven Samurai, watched the 90s. I think it was like your CBS or USA did like a show watch oh, the yeah. new movie so yeah that's that's awesome it's a it's a premise repeated many times for good reason yeah yeah, yeah. no I, I totally agree with that uh so who are some authors that have inspired you to write now that you've told me a lot about your writing i'm really interested to hear about the authors that have inspired you for your writing well like i said i mentioned that uh, jim butcher was uh the big uh interest to me for saying like you should definitely uh do this because this is the kind of book you want to write yourself there just, you know, the whole idea of, like, nerd inserted into genre that he knows intimately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from, you know, that was uh, what inspired me with both Gary and Vance, who are basically, again, a science fiction and comic book nerd that just how happened to be in a comic book movie and a science fiction. <laughs> the dream. And, you know, uh, <laughs> some of my characters uh, drift away from this sort of thing there, while others are, uh, you know, more of the same because, you know, it's what I, it's my style. So what can I say? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in addition to uh, Jim, uh, Jim Butcher there, you know, I've also uh, taken, again, from Stephen King, who's on writing, was like, that is the best book you, if you ever want to start writing uh, to read. I mean, it won't necessarily tell you how to sell the books there, but it will tell you how to get your, to make it fun and uh, to understand what you have to do. And uh, it's also just a great book to read on that in general. Uh, I think uh, my favorite line from it was, uh was how to, to prepare your mind for writing, which mm. was, he said, um, writing is like uh, putting food next to uh, to milk. The milk will taste what like whatever you uh, put it up against, which I don't know if that's true. It sounds pretty damn weird, but it's an idea of like, if you want to write a Western, watch a lot of Westerns while you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. If you want to write science fiction, binge watch uh, Star Trek. <laughs> If you want to uh, read a lot of comic books and re- watch the movies there. And, you know, you're not going to go be stealing from these things there, but you're going to be in in the celestial mindset, so to speak. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's the same thing. You know, like I, I, I teach and coach and for coaching, you know, like we're in like getting our pre volleyball season. I tell the girls all the time. I'm like, you know, I, I brought up a huge game that, you know, happened um, the other day and they're like looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, what, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean you haven't watched this game? Like, These are two of the best, you know, teams, you know, in the, in the country. I'm like, why, why aren't you fully absorbed in what you're doing? Like, and I try to explain them the same thing with like writing, 
I said, you know, if I'm in a season, I'm watching that all the time. I'm watching videos, you know, I immerse myself in it. I said, I do the same thing when I'm writing right now. I'm actually about to start uh, the Jane Yellow Rock uh, by Faith Hunter because I'm writing a Monster Hunter uh, short story for an anthology. And I would kind of like to do like the other two uh, before uh, my prequel book and everything, you know, so I'm like, you know, really trying to get into the mindset and, you know, I just, I'm re-listening to a lot of the Harry Dresdens. I'm about to start one of the other ones right now. Um, yeah. So I, I totally agree. I'm like, I love urban fantasy. So, you know, anytime that I can, you know, get into it and it's a genre I wanted to break into for a long time. So, you know, you know, like yours, you know, with Cthulhu Armageddon, um, you know, that's on my list for my urban fantasy part of my summer readings. I think that's, that's oh, yeah. va- very valuable advice right there. Yeah. I was a teenage wear deer, which is called the bright falls mysteries is a little Jane Rella rock, a little Patricia Briggs and a little Sookie. <laughs> ooh, ooh, sold. <laughs> I love, I absolutely love, 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 uh, Patricia Briggs. I had, uh, um, Sean and McGuire on, um, last year. So I'm really excited to, you know, to get to her series and, oh, yeah. uh, Kim Harrison, my friend and I are about to just book club the hell out of them oh, yeah, <laughs> in the next Kim couple of weeks. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, that's super cool. It's funny when you mentioned, you know, like, um, you know, with like Dresden files, like I could totally see, you know, where you would get inspired to do, you know, a conglomeration of different genres because, you know, I think a lot of people, I just more and more have been listening to, you know, podcasts and people talk about the, particularly when you get, you know, past like book seven or eight with the Dresden Files, which I'm right at there now, you know, where it goes from urban fantasy more to like an epic fantasy sort of feel. And Oh yeah. It's uh, kind of funny there. Cause my first Dresden Files book was actually Deadbeat, which was sixth. Uh, oh, in the series. wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I read the, late, the early ones there, but I was sold by the cover, which, you know, Oh, goes yeah. to show that you can't judge a book by its cover as complete bullshit. <laughs> no, it's total crap. Sixty-five <laughs> percent of book sales are driven by by oh, covers. Yeah. So yeah, I, do, I don't believe yeah. that. I, I, I honestly believe that the reason the rules of super villainy is success successful is just basically because I put you know a girl who looks vaguely like Harley Quinn on it. <laughs> well, I she she sells a lot of comics. You know, like uh, DC had released um, some interesting sales reports. Actually, like I think it was. Yeah, so it was last year. So it was like the, the year right out the pandemic. And they had released certain DC comics um, with other villains um, for Batman and, you know, like Poison Ivy, things like that um, separately, but then without Harley Quinn. So as soon as they put Harley Quinn back on the cover, particularly after Suicide Squad came out, um, they noticed a huge increase and in spike in sales, which isn't too bad for a character that was only supposed to be around, you know, for uh, an issue uh, you know, here or there, um, yeah, it's like issue or episode, and, Ma- and Marvel comics. They used to put him on everything too. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And Spider-Man yeah. himself there. Yeah. Uh, yep. but yeah, it was, uh, because I, uh, yeah, there's Cindy Wachowski who is called red riding hood and she's Gary's, uh, girlfriend from high school that he recruits as his henchwoman. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. His, his wife's not too happy about that there, but that's, <laughs> Talk about a lot of conflict there. <laughs> Character oh, development. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I also love Gary. I also love Gary's outfit, which I think also sells the uh, front cover because it's the two of them sitting in front of a uh, police lineup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's he, a great one. Yeah. His uh, costume is just basically Sith Lord. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. I, I think it's interesting too, you know, because uh, you know, I have some friends that. Um, you know, watch the show that, you know, and listen that are trying to break into the superhero genre. So I told them, you know, I was like, well, you know, CT Phipps coming that. So make sure, you know, you guys stay tuned. I've been trying to get more comic book artists and writers on here. Uh, it's been pretty difficult 
uh, with the artists, but I have quite a few writers coming. I'm trying to do um, indie artists uh, August. Um, I'm trying to bring a lot of the, the writers on, um, hopefully bringing, you know, the artists with them. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that uh, superhero genre, you know, there's so much potential, you know, with Marvel and DC and things like that. And I think that people are like, I personally really enjoy, you know, like image and vertigo comics. I've always enjoyed dark horse, you know, like I've always enjoyed the, maybe like not exactly like the mainstream, but, you know, like indie, I would say uh, comics. So I definitely think that, you know, um, you know, indie books writing about superheroes is definitely, you know, my kind of thing. So oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Definitely fills that Superhero void. prose so. fiction is uh, small enough as a genre still, even after like five or six years that, you know, it's something that uh, doesn't have that much competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I had like Jeffrey, you know, H. Haskell on, um, you know, oh, I had yeah. a couple other people on, you know, and it's, oh, yes. it's crazy. Um, speaking like, of which, you know, uh, it's kind of funny there because Jeffrey Haskell is one of those indie authors I actually love uh, touting when my own things there. So, yeah, it's funny because uh, his two main series are, I think, Kid Sensation, which is superhero and his other new series, which is a space opera. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. He just got, Against uh, all yep. 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 Just got, um, number one and two forget which book was, which, if it was number two, went to number one, but yeah, yeah. Like one and two for, um, like space opera there for, for quite a bit. So yeah, he's doing pretty well, but yeah, so I grabbed him, him on you. You can ask about me. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm actually trying to get, I had him on, um, uh, for season one. So we actually ran through about 55 minutes of just craft. It was awesome. Uh, but yeah, I'm actually, what I'm actually trying to do is I'm glad I had you on now because what I'm actually trying to do is um, either later in the summer or fall, I'm trying to do like four or five authors at a time. And I think the only thing that's going to be hard is the scheduling. Uh, so I'm trying to do this really far in advance, but I'm trying to do panels. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, to get like you, Jeffrey, um, and a couple of uh, female authors I have coming on soon. Um, I'm hoping uh, for a superhero genre uh, to come on and, you know, answer some uh, listener questions um, all at the same time. So I'm really, really anxious to do that because I feel like uh, a lot of people would get a lot out of it. So, you know, people individually do really well, but I think some people would, you know, really feed off of each other and we get some absolutely amazing craft answers. So there's one other lost it all right uh so do you have any promos news updates things like that you can share with us today well i'm currently working on uh the third uh, space academy book there uh audible sorry uh has been uh, releasing them simultaneously uh oh, okay the, that was my question yeah main books there so okay and all three of these are with a uh, podium audio and uh, I think they're all three going to be fantastic. And the first two are already released and done by Jeffrey Kafer, who also does my super villainy books. And the oh, cool. Books. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That was my question. If it, if um, they were coming out at the same time. So that is really good to know. Oh, yeah. super cool. Very much enjoying that there. And after I uh, finish up the third uh, uh, space Academy book there from there, I'll probably be trying to finish up uh, some, other of my next year either the next cthulhu book or uh my wraith night books which i haven't mentioned but i uh i'm definitely also going to be working on doing a full trilogy with my cyber dragons book oh that's cool so like you know uh as many books as i can pump out for as long as possible until i drop dead <laughs> that's fair that's fair i feel like you got a, a great backlist right now for you know for people to uh 
to start with, but that oh, was yeah. the other Final one. Fantasy that... books are, are all set in the same universe called the United cool. States of Monsters. Oh, that's awesome. It's mostly it's mostly finished as a uh, as a setting, but you know, uh, I really enjoyed you know setting up the urban fantasy tropes as well. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah, that was the I other one I downloaded was Wraith Lord, so I'm really excited to get to that one. So. Yeah, Wraith Knight is the first one there. Wraith I'm sorry, Wraith Knight. One. Sorry, Wraith Knight. I apologize. I don't know if you're just like buying the second book in all these series there and just wondering like, wow, they just really dump you in. Then <laughs> no, I'm on Goodreads right now and it's, I, I'm not signed in. So it's like all over the place. So I just keep reading the wrong thing. <laughs> okay. but it's yeah, fine. I, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I dabbled in a lot of genres and I've mentioned like a dozen books there. But if you really want to start there, definitely uh, with uh, the rules of super villainy, uh, Cthulhu Armageddon or uh, Space Academy. Those are like, I think if you to really get to know uh, my three different faces, those are probably the best place to start. Oh, that's awesome. Those are great recommendations right there. All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I, I had a blast talking to you. I really, you, you got the type of career that I want. I want to write a lot of a lot of stuff in a lot of different areas. And I like to, you know, pull a lot of different things together. So it's nice to see that, you know, like, somebody's doing that and you know has great products so that's really awesome and makes you feel good for the future so uh but you know if there's anything else you know that i can do to help you out in the meantime you know just let us know um make sure everybody who's listening or watching make sure you check out um ct's description there check out all the socials um like i said i got really sorry as we we're going i just got engrossed in different books that i hadn't um checked out on goodreads yet uh, so there's a lot there. So, you know, make sure, you know, you check out like, you know, his recommendations, like you said, uh, I'm really excited, you know, to, you know, especially get Cthulhu Armageddon uh, going. Um, like I said, it's going to be the first part of my summer reading for urban fantasy. Um, so I'm really excited to, to do that. And I will be actually doing some reviews uh, as well. So that's one of the um, ones that I have tagged for the summer that I'll release this fall. So really anxious to do that and to share it with you. So thank you very much. Yeah, of course. All right, my friend. Well, you have a great rest of the day and I will talk to you later on social media. Again, it was a pleasure and I hope you guys have a, you know, great start to the week. You too. Bye-bye. See you.